This week, Beck and Soda's podcast comes to you with love. Thanks to the Hospital Research Foundation Group, fighting for cures and improved care in over 50 areas of disease and illness. Together, let's support life-changing medical research to save lives. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Good morning. How are you this morning, Mark? Very well, uh, Rebecca. Um, It is a nice, clear morning. What about the video that you posted of the storm yesterday? It's gone everywhere. Madness. It's terrific. Great, great video work. Well done. Well, I I slowed it down quite significantly and I did dedicate half a day to it. What do you mean? Didn't you take it and... What? Well, yeah, but then I had to like slow it down and what? Upload it and think of a caption. Oh my god, mate! Just post the video. I don't. Think, what, what was your caption? What did you go was, with in the it end? It was so lame. It was. Um, I think it was ready when you are, Summer. Oh my god! I'm not proud of that. It took you half a day. Anyway, I just was yeah, no, filming was great... the rain and I just captured it. Yeah, it was terrific. Thank um, you. It was a freaky, freaky day. I hope everyone's recovered yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, madness yeah. out there. Mm, absolutely. Flooding, thunderbolts and hey, lightning. Now, I've got a little uh, rumour that's getting around at the moment. Well, now, what have you heard? Adelaide 500, you know, it came back last year and we had this huge band. Oh, yeah. Brad and Flowers and the Killers were just oh, so brilliant. Um, and then, of course, a couple of days ago... The magnificent Robbie Williams. Still recovering. And here is the tip for next year. Chris Martin and Coldplay. That's the whisper. Where's your mail coming from? Uh, Channel 7 News last night. (laughs) 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 That was on the news last night. Because Um, they're going to be touring Australia at the right time. November And and not coming to Adelaide. Yep, Mm. and tickets go on sale, I believe, today, maybe. I, I think, think. we'll check with Emmy News. Um, but For that's Melbourne the whisper. Yeah. Okay. I have, I don't want to be um, a negative Nancy, but, oh, you know, playing in the V and all that. <laughs> a Debbie Downer. Chris Martin yep. is a very adamant environmentalist, likes being carbon neutral and all that. And I feel like a V8 car race is not his jam. Really? Yeah, I feel like he would be like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, he's a real greenie. Open up your wallet, Mally. Here's, I mean, a, here's actually, a million dollars. How do you feel now? <laughs> Open up our wallet, Mally. Um, oh, that's I mean, not a bad yeah, point. Maybe he has a price where he's like, okay, well, maybe right. he'll maybe or maybe he'll ask for a donation to make it carbon neutral or uh, to put a muffler on the cars. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Plant a tree for every car racing. If you make it an electric race next year, I'm there. Yes, maybe it could be an electric race. So Chris Martin would be Oh, on. God. Just get oh. bigger catalytic converters in the cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, that's actually a good point. Yeah, that's I feel like very good. it's not in his wheel. <laughs> get well, it? Wheels. More chance that he'll just play Wom Adelaide so that everyone that doesn't wash and use water and Perfect. doesn't... I'm growing my pits out in anticipation. Yeah, I know that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be amazing. But uh, well done to uh, Vado Adelaide 500 because the past two years they have (laughs) just gone bang, bang with entertainment. So you've got to go big again. It's got to be big. You can't just fall flat. So Coldplay, I like it. Okay. All right. Watch this space. Plant a tree for Coldplay. (laughs) Chris, yeah. Chris and his conscious uncoupling. From the, from the, I keep going to call it the Clipsal. Do you know that is a, a masterstroke of branding by Clipsal because well, it's still called that? It, it will take time, but you know what? People now started to call it the Bailo. You're right. It takes time. Isn't it amazing when you get something? It's like I'm going to do the hoovering. 
Mm. Yeah. You know, when you get a you get something that is so yeah, or big. a band aid. A band aid is just a brand. Just a brand, brand isn't it? Isn't it all? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you all go. Right, well done. It's the grown transfer, you guys. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Oh, oh, time to talk my favourite subject. It's only words. <laughs> what? Words. Words, words what? grammar, punctuation. I've got a word, no. <laughs> well, we know what your favourite word is. <laughs> Magnificent. Magnificent. And mine is penultimate. <laughs> I don't know why I just love penultimate. It makes me feel intelligent when I use it. <laughs> but the Macquarie Dictionary has named Australia's word of the year. And yeah. in fact, it's two words. Cosy lives, which I've what? never heard before. Mm. Short for cost of living. Never heard of it. Can't no. go out on Saturday night because of the cosy lives. How can it be word of the year when <laughs> well, you don't even know what it, it is? Yeah, I mean, I do love that Aussies shorten things, you know, like a Menti B, yeah. mental breakdown. Um, the other words on the list, mm. um, none of which I've also heard, of, oh, except for one, which I'll get to. Yeah. Um, let's quickly cross to the US first, uh, which was in our news yesterday. Authentic is Merriam-Webster's word of the year, which is a lot more legitimate. And you do hear authentic a lot. I like authentic. It is a very, very good word. And it clearly means being the real you mm. or something that is just original, isn't it? Yeah. To itself. True to itself. True to itself. I think you, I feel like you say authentic and vulnerable a lot. It's I do. kind of your mantra. I do. Um, mm. Well, that is they're one of the four principles that I live by. Mm. Yes. Honesty, vulnerability, authenticity, and kindness. Oh, there you right. go. Is that your dating profile? Mm. Um, and <laughs> my acronym is HVAC. <laughs> Honesty, vulnerability, authenticity, you, and kindness. You have an acronym yeah, yeah. for my yeah, absolutely, and it, I try and filter oh, everything wow. I do through those four values. Oh, you're a deep man. Right. My, my values I filter things by is is it on sale? <laughs> give me, give and me it's a happy hour. <laughs> give me three values you would live. Oh come gosh, on! Can I give you the words instead? I'd rather I'd rather explore your brain. Here we go. Come on, oh give me one God. value. <laughs> give me um, the most important value you'd live by. Um, humility. You know, but this is a serious conversation. <laughs> I mean, no need to take the P one fifty five out of my thoughts. Yeah, come on. Oh, I try and be humble. Humility. I, I do try really hard. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Also, <laughs> oh, come on. Are you going to get? Am I getting out of this? Are you getting to the words? Come on. Okay. Uh, the other words, none of which I've heard of. Um, yep. Angry water. <laughs> What? Carbonated. You know, when they want you on sparkling or angry still, you water, say I want I, the angry water. I thought you were going to say something like when you get a feeling, like I've got some angry water no, in my waters. No, feel it in my waters. Bopo. What? Body positivity. Again, what? no. Um, a doof stick, which is when you're at a music festival and you hold up some sort of stick with a face on it or something, go people and find you. But we're yeah. not we're not in the music festival genre. Okay. What? Riz is short what? for charisma. Okay. Yeah. And the final one, which I think you know what this is. Yep. <clears throat> Scrotox. <laughs> What? what? Scrotox. What's that? It's when you get Botox in your balls. <laughs> what for? Why? I don't know. I guess really vain men don't want to be wrinkly down there. Okay. But also. What? Have you. How can you make those things attractive? <laughs> you can't put lipstick on them. I mean, when you. <laughs> this is SAFM's Beck and Soda. You're at the start of a relationship and you're texting. Actually, when our, my relationship with my husband started, text messaging didn't exist. Oh, didn't it? Um, no, no, of course it did. I just communicated with Morse code. What year did you get together? I was 23, so about 18, 10 years ago. <laughs> um, 10, yeah, well, no, there was. I reckon I had a Nokia brick, but I don't think we were texting. So what year was that? 
Uh, I can't have to do the maths. Two, two, oh, 2000. It was easy. Yeah. You would have had a phone for sure. I reckon I started using phones about 95. Mm. Well, I don't remember texting memory. him. But, you know, early in the relationship, though, you are texting things like, miss you, love what, you. What about early on when you get that little buzz and you see a little message I know or you, yeah, a I know ring you and you it, just yeah. go, oh, that's so good. And then you fast forward 10, 15 years <laughs> and, like, and you oh, get no, a message and go, I'll just bump that. Yeah. <laughs> Phone's ringing it up. Busy. So I think it was evident that we've reached the twilight of our marriage when yesterday I texted my husband, who was at the shops, mm. can you get some carpet cleaner to clean up Wolfie's vomit? Oh, no. So Wolfie, the rescued Samoid, mm. as you know, has pooed on my Nana's rug, yep. has weed on my side of the bed, mm-hmm. and then he went up into our bedroom yesterday and vomited some yellow vial bile all over the carpet. Oh, no. So I was, and then he was like, how romantic, you're texting me about dog vomit now. Mm. So he gets back from the shops. I go, did you get the carpet cleaner? Because I really wanted to get the mess up before it kind of congealed into the carpet. Oh. And he goes, yep, yep, we've got it. And he gets it out. And he, I said, that's, he, he bought... Febreze. Yeah. You know that stuff that gets the smell out of... That's good. Like good. BO out of your shirts. Well done, James. Yeah, but... And I went, that's not carpet cleaner. And I, I said, that's that's a fabric scent thing. Mm. He goes, we'll get the smell out. I said, I don't want to get the yeah. smell out. I want to get the stain out. Again, the conversations you have in a marriage. Right. <laughs> Talking about how to remove dog vomit stain from the... And he goes, oh, hang on a minute. And he puts his glasses on. Because oh, no. he's, you know, in his 50s now. And he pops his glasses on and he gets it out of the bag. He goes, oh, I need to shop with my glasses on. I was in the wrong aisle. So now I've, I I can't get the vomit out of the. So then I had mate, to, you can get the vomit out. Why don't you use like a wet cloth, scoop it all up? It's a stain up. now. It's a it's a vomit stain. Now we're having the conversation about what, dog what vomit. What colour is your carpet? It's grey, and now I have a big yellow vomit circle in the middle of my carpet. Give it a good. Why don't you give it elbow grease? You can, don't have to buy that at the shop. No, well, I, I have to go back to the shops now and get a carpet cleaner, or I have to pay a carpet cleaner. I have to throw money at the problem. Or I, do they still, when you go to the supermarket, you know, when you used to be able to um, hire one of those big, can you still do that? You had to like unpadlock it and really? pop it in your, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Oh, like a trailer at the servo. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, I think you can. I didn't know you could do that. Maybe I'll go hire one of those. Oh, that'll be fun. Mate, Mate, go and get like a wet cloth, scrub the crap out of it, mm. and then get your Febreze like your husband organized and <laughs> give it a spray and then everything's good. Yeah. Can you come and do it for me? <laughs> Just throw some clothes on top of it. It's your bedroom floor. No one's <laughs> going to notice. Clothes. Cover stuff Come over up. here, big guy. Get your gear off. <laughs> You're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. Amazing story emerging out of northern New South Wales. 14-year-old Izzy Miller was sitting on the bus with her school friends, right? 20-odd people on a really big bus, normal-sized sort of bus. Anyway, they're near a corner. The bus driver hops out of the bus. Izzy's looking at her friend, then looks over and sees there's no bus driver in the front seat. Mm. And the bus takes off. <gasps> and it is massive, huge bus heading towards a packed petrol station. And it is just going down the hill, cruising along. Um, imagine that situation there. Yeah, the petrol station is full of people mm. pumping petrol. Yep. And you know if you knock over a Bowser. Bang. <sighs> so Izzy decides to run over to the front seat, hops in the front seat to have that sort of I suppose that maturity in your thinking and the ability to understand the situation and then looks down and goes, 
which pedal's the brake, which is for all of us, we go, well, we know which yeah. one it would be. Well, I except, don't know. I have some issues sometimes. <laughs> it's a very good point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when you're 14 and you've never really sat in the driver's mm. seat besides a Dodgem car, mm. you'd be sitting there going, what to do? And she said she sort of hit the hit the pedal and then realised which one it would have been then. I wonder if there's a clutch. Stop the bus. Manual. You know how I know. Be an auto. I reckon those big I buses. reckon I would have remembered when I was 14 because <laughs> my mum always yells at drivers going, the accelerator's the one on the right when they're really slow. <laughs> oh, you don't know. And so I would have known. I would have gone. But then you would have had to go, okay, the accelerator's the one on the right, then which one's my left? I would have had to hold my hands up in front of me to find out which one was left. And then the bus would have hit the petrol station. <laughs> it's just pretty amazing that someone at that age, so she's in year nine and she had just that ability, one, to, to, to deduce which foot to use, which pedal, but um, to be able to control that. And when you watch the vision, and I'm sure everyone will see it at some point during the day on the news and so forth, this thing is just going through. Mm. She steered it away from the cars into the petrol station, was mm. able to bring it to a stop. Incredible. Well done, Izzy. And she's able to prove that a 14-year-old girl who's never sat in a driver's seat with no education on how to drive a bus can actually exceed Rebecca Morse's <laughs> driving ability. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Oh my gosh. Look at these trending topics. All of the trending celebrity stories you need to know, usually dedicated to Taylor Swift it these is. days, but it's a Dolly it Parton special edition today. Dolly's got a new album. Yeah, I know. I was quite amazed when I found out that she's uh, back out there with some new stuff, but she's done pretty well. Um, how old do you reckon Dolly is? Have a guess. Oh, would Dolly be in her 60s? 77. Wow. It is called Rockstar, and it is the biggest debut album of her career, debuting at number one. Um, but Dolly has revealed that she refuses to use text. I don't text because I don't want to have to answer. If somebody calls me, I'll answer if I want to talk to them. I'm certainly not a stupid person. I could learn it if I wanted to. Hey, good on her, Dolly. Good on you, Dolly. Yeah. Doesn't need to clutter her brain yeah. with the technology of a mobile phone or all of the associated little things that are involved with it. Yeah. Now, what I love about it, though, is she does want to communicate and stay in touch with the people that she cares about. One of them is her goddaughter, Miley Cyrus. So Miley has said that she won't text Dolly because she knows that Dolly won't reply, but Dolly communicates via fax. She doesn't fax Miley. She faxes her assistants. Mm. Someone scans the fax and then they translate the fax into a text. And right. then they send it. So then Miley will get a text. Uh, that's good. <laughs> So not only is she not interested in sending them herself, she's actually she's got, got someone that does it, but she sends a fax. <laughs> sends a fax. When's the last time you sent a fax? I, probably when I was working at the ABC newsroom 30 years ago. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't even, do offices, do we have do a they, fax here? I don't know. No. They still exist. Remember know. you always, you'd see on the little cards that it would have your mm. phone number mm-hmm. and then it'd have fax. Fax yeah. number. Um, do you know, I can remember at the fire brigade, there was one oh, particular. Oh, were you a firefighter? You hardly mentioned yeah. it. There was one guy there and he was sending a fax to headquarters from one of the outstations. HQ. Yep. Yeah, from one of the uh, metropolitan. Anyway, finally the headquarters ring back and they said to the guy, Ian, can you stop sending that fax? And he goes, what do you mean? They said, mate, we've received it 50 times. And he said, how could you? It keeps coming out the bottom of the machine. 
True story. <laughs> this is SAFM's Beck and Soda. We would have just heard M in the news talking about the memorial service for Charlie Stevens. It will be held at Adelaide Oval tomorrow night, open to the public from 7 o'clock. Twilight service um, in the McGarry room, which is the big room there that you look onto the river. Uh, I think it takes about 800, but obviously there'll be opportunities for people to come and pay tribute mm. by sitting in the grandstand and so forth. Um, I, probably, I think they're unsure as to how many numbers they'll have, but... It's been such a huge time, I think, for people to reflect um, and even – it's almost like we've talked about this, that you feel like you know the commissioner and yeah. given everything that's happened over the past couple of years. Um, now, his son, Charlie, remember he called him number 101, yes. given he's the 101st death we've had on the roads this year. But what is really surprising is it feels like it was only a couple of days ago, and it was. What number are we up to already? Uh, the road toll is now 105. That is confronting and frightening that even, you know, a few days ago we were talking about this and then already four more people, four more families, mm-hmm. four more extended groups of friendships and so forth are now going through a similar situation. It is just astounding how high that is at the moment. If something like that doesn't change your behaviour mm. on the roads, like in the recent wet weather, I've seen yep. some stupid, stupid driving out there in wet conditions. Mm-hmm. Um We've all got to take a long, hard look at ourselves because to have 105 families going through what the Stevens are going through is just unacceptable. What sort of numbers have we had in the past? Like how I know it's a lot higher because we've been talking about this all yeah. year about how high it is. Um, the average over the last 20 years is about 100 every year. God. The highest on um, recent record is in 2005, there were 147. Jeez. And the lowest was in 2018 when we had 80. But for 80 to be the lowest figure... Yep. Um, in the last two decades is, yeah, we've all got to think about our behaviour on the roads when we get behind the wheel of a car every day. You're listening to SAFM's Beck and Soda. What's it like to be a free driver? What's it like to be a competitive eater? What's it like to be an Oscar seat filler? What's it like to have 16 kids? What's it like to be held hostage? What's it like to be lost at sea? What's it like to escape prison? What's it like? Every week we delve deep back to find out what it is like to perhaps have a rather unusual occupation Mm. or to have an experience that not many people get the opportunity but always wonder about. What are we doing today? Today is what's it like to be a mortician, to be the person who prepares bodies for their Mm. funeral. So handling dead people every day. Mm. We're talking hair, makeup, dressing them. Have you ever touched a dead body? I have not. Mm. No, why have you? Yeah, I have a few times. Just when work and perform a job and those sort of oh, things of where you do. <laughs> Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, no, but it's it's weird yeah. because it's like I think with a lot of them, sometimes you think it, it makes you realise that there is the body there, but it's like the soul has left. Wow. Freaky. Mm. All right, we've got Shelley Hughes on the line. She is a mortician. Thank you for joining us, Shelley. Thank you guys for having me. How do you choose that career path, Shelley? It's not for everyone, obviously. No, definitely not. Um, always been interested in that sort of work. Um, I think it was just more of a morbid curiosity as a child to, you know, when someone dies, what happens to their body? They just pop up at the end of their funeral. Um, and yeah, just always been really interested in biology and anatomy and things like mm. that. And yeah, just curiosity, I guess. So take us through the process if you are preparing someone for their funeral. So they are kept in a, a cool room as such. Um, they've got to be kept at a nice cool temperature. So they don't decompose and they kept, are kept preserved. Um, we bring them into the mortuary. Um, we wash everybody down like it was nice 
body wash, um, disinfectant. We wash their hair, clean under their nails, cut their fingernails and toenails if they wish. Um, mm-hmm. We usually get a whole list of instructions from the family. So mm-hmm. if they even need a haircut, if they were sort of due for a haircut, something like that, and their hair's not looking great, I can cut their hair as well. We dress them in the clothes that their family has bought in for them. And then it goes on with makeup and hair, styling. Treat them like basically like they're in a spa. Complete head-to-toe makeover. Shelley, can I ask, when you're working on someone, um, mm-hmm. is it spooky? I mean, do you talk to them you know, in a way it's just funny, to keep yeah. going? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people think our job is scary or creepy or weird, but it's not. Sometimes you do talk to your person. If you're in the mortuary alone sort of thing and... You know, there's no people around. You do. You catch yourself talking to the people and telling them what you're going to do to them and, you know, saying, oh, you look really nice, your hair looks great, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And how hard is it to, to put, a, like, a full face of makeup on um, someone who's passed away? Yeah, it's not easy because you think when you're putting makeup on yourself, um, your face is nice and warm and the sort of products sort of are oil-based, so mm. they go into the skin quite nicely. But, um, of course, with deceased people being so cold... They're harder to put on. We do have a, like a range of mortuary makeup that we can use, but I find it quite thick. Mm. So I generally like to use like the powder foundations and the powder mineral sort of makeup so that sort of sticks to their skin a bit better. Shelley, what are some of the tricks to the trade of making someone look as, as great as you can? Um, yeah, there's a range of different products again. As you know, when someone dies, just sort of, they've got no muscle tone, so they're not keeping your mouth shut, especially when they're laying down. So we do have to close their mouth. There's um, a series of ways that we can do that. We can either wire their mouth shut or we can sew it shut as well. We can put little mouth formers in if they don't have teeth. So it gives them, like elderly people, when they've got no teeth in, you can tell that they don't have teeth. So there's um, just like a little mouth guard, we can sit in their mouth and close it around that, but gives them their shape again. Um, And with their eyes, yeah, we've got little eye caps that we put under the eyelid. And again, that will just keep the eyes shut. So the face, that's about it, really. What about some quirky requests? The one that makes me laugh is the guy, he really just did not want any clothes on. (laughs) His family requested, they didn't want this to happen, but he was very determined to make this happen. Um, He came into the world naked and he was going to be buried naked. (laughs) So he had not a stitch of clothing on him. (laughs) Good on him. He had a nice little pillow under his head, but yeah, not a stitch of clothing. He didn't want anything done. No clothes. So yeah, he was quite happy to... You know, show the world that. <laughs> What's the rewarding part of your job, Shelley? I feel like we do help the family. I mean, I know that they're going through probably the worst time of their life, but to me, like we're doing that family a service, like we're getting their loved one ready to be seen or viewed for the last time. So in a way, it makes me feel better that we're doing all we can to make them, you know, feel like their loved one's being taken care of and looked after and presented in a way that, you know, that's their lasting impression of them. Mm, such an important role. Well, Shelley Hughes, mortician, thank you for <laughs> shedding some light on, um, I guess, a fairly unusual profession, um, but a very important service to families in, in tough times. So thank you. Not a problem at all. Thank you. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Got a secret. Can you keep it? Beck and Soda Secrets of the Suburbs Untold Secrets Unbelievably True Only on SAFM We are counting down Adelaide's top secrets with the winner to take 5000 bucks.
If you've got a great secret, safm.com.au, you can unburden yourself. It's like therapy. We'll cover your name up. Uh, in fact, we'll call you anonymous and we'll cover your voice up is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Right. This one, Beck, is about a PA mm-hmm. who discovered something that could lead to one of the greatest blackmail situations mm. of all time. Right. What will she do? Ready to go? Yes. Here we go. Anonymous, tell us your story. Okay, so I've been keeping the secret for seven years. Uh, Back in 2016, I worked at a company where I was the personal assistant to the managing director, and part of my role was to monitor his emails and any communications that came and went. Uh, I lost my job uh, as part of a redundancy, uh, but I'm not sure if that redundancy was because I knew his little secret or if it was a business decision. What was his little secret? He was having an affair with a woman. He would often travel for business and would always come back very chirpy. And his secret is that he was having an affair and liaising with this woman via emails, the same emails that I was monitoring in his inbox. Oh, dear. Um, Wow. Okay. How sort of revealing or intimate were the emails? I used to love coming into work every day to read these juicy emails. There was one, there was a photo of this uh, woman that he was having an affair with. All I could see was her legs on the end of the bed with bright red stiletto heels. Uh, he wrote her a poem one day. Uh, it, was, ugh, it was disgusting. It was, <laughs> it was comical. Um, and they were just, they were quite intimate, quite graphic, uh, not something I'd expect to be reading at 8 o'clock in the morning. Did you save these in any way? Uh, I did screenshot them and I put them on a USB. I had done nothing with them because I didn't feel like it was my place to reveal this to his wife. Part of me wanted to after I lost my job just to kind of get back at him. Was he not aware that you could read his emails? Well, that was part of my job. He... I guess it was easier for him to cheat on his wife via work email than it was via text message and his wife find out on his phone. Do you think there was a specific incident, like he might have seen over your shoulder while you were reading or...? No, nothing, nothing. You said you attempted to perhaps tell his wife. Were you ever tempted to confront him? I, at the time when it happened, I was angry, I was sad. In hindsight, I look back now and I think I should have. But he he didn't really give me an opportunity. He literally handed me my letter, stood up and walked out. And that was it. If I bumped into him now, out and about, I'd probably say something. I I probably couldn't help myself. It is a fascinating story. And you've obviously held on to this for, what, seven or eight years. Mm. Wowie. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I reckon there might be a second chapter to this story at some point. Oh, I'd love to. Got a secret. Beck. And soda secrets of the suburbs. Share your secret at safm.com.au. You know when someone always says, "I oh, he or she, they've got to have photos? Yeah. Or poems in that case. Wow. Yeah, and mm. she's got them on a USB. Mm. I would be very, very mm. nervous. Absolutely. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Hey, Beck, we were listening to a bit of stuff the other day uh, with Rachel Lee, the producers, right, after you'd gone from our meeting because you had to go somewhere, which was, I don't know oh, where. I'm sure it was an important oh, I'm sure work-related appointment. It, anyway, remember a couple of weeks ago you did Beck's Bearded Babes and yes. you helped everyone. There was a little hairy, remove that. 
Um, and you waxed my nose. Oh, yeah. Is it growing back yet? Uh, no. I can tell you what. It feels very peculiar. It's itchy. Oh. And um, I tell you, there's no boogers getting caught. So that's a good positive. Fun. Have a listen. This is what happened. Give me a moment. Two. No. One. Oh, Jesus. God. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> right. So that's how it played out. And then when we were listening, I just thought for a minute. Have a listen again. Yeah, and you just, carried on like a pork chop. It hurt. <laughs> but have a listen to your reaction. Give me a moment. Ten, listen nine, out, everyone. Here it comes. Oh, Jesus. God. <laughs> there it is. Christ. Now, I just realized what? that you do this a fair bit. What? This is what it sounds like when we pulled it out of the audio. <laughs> Mate, have, a, have another listen to that. Now, when we put it together, it sounds like you're looking for a chip at the beach. <laughs> Mate, you're a seagull. That's yeah, not me. Seagull. That's a bird no, noise. That is, that is, that is a me. seagull. Have oh. a listen. It's almost like you've got one foot, you're scamming people's chips, and then you're flying off. Mm. Might, 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 might. Do you realise that you laugh like that? No, I don't. And then once I heard, I just clicked. It's everywhere. Every time you laugh at something, Mm. there you are. It's lucky you're not that bloody funny then, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. And then we realised that Mm. there is a particular bird Mm -hmm. that you sound like. Have a listen. (laughs) And then this is you. (laughs) This is the build, Chaku. Mate, you're one in the same. Listen, it's like two of you fighting over a bloody chip at the beach. Oh, the dirty bird. What is going on with you? Great animal noise, Beck. Great animal noise. Yeah, it's a skill. I'm going to own it. I can do bird impressions when you make me laugh. (laughs) What is going on with you? I can't can't actually naturally reproduce it. I have to be in the moment. That is just remarkable. You know what we need to do? What? 131060. Yeah. Can you do a better bird or any animal, in fact? <laughs> any animal. Oh, what's your animal noise? What is your animal noise? <laughs> okay. Obviously, here is our our own build, Chucko, Rebecca Morse. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is just ridiculous. So this is you. <laughs> right. Can you do an animal that is any more of an animal than that particular oh, one from Beck? Oh, Beck, just going through a little bit of audio the other day, we discovered that uh, you laugh like this. <laughs> Which sounds very much like a build chucku. <laughs> You're a build chucku. Part yeah. Beck, part bird. Mm. Yeah, look, it's unfortunate that that's my actual laugh. Like, that's not even doctored. That's that's, that's the it. noise that you I are, make. You are my fine feathered friend. <laughs> right. 131060, uh, can you do an animal or a bird better than Beck? Right. Okay. Right. Come here. <laughs> Raiden from Manopara West. Good morning, Raiden. How are we, right? Yeah, mate, we are terrific. All right, go for it. All right, what is it? You're a turkey, right? <laughs> I'm a turkey. <laughs> Give us a little turkey again, Raiden. <laughs> How does one learn that they can do a turkey impersonation, Raiden? Just a, a lot of time practicing, I guess, making funny noises. There you go. <laughs> well played, Raiden. Very nice here, <laughs> yes, Thanks. This is what Beg thinks of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 131060, give us a call. Okay, we've got Caitlin from Campbelltown. Uh, morning, Caitlin. Morning. How old are you, Caitlin? I'm 14. All right, and All right. give us your animal noise. Okay, so I can do a horse. Um... 
That's not bad, Caitlin. Go again. Giddy yeah. up. Yeah. It's like there's a Palomino in the studio. There you with, go. With the bill chuckle. Right. Righto. Husband Jimbo hasn't picked that up. Well, I don't. I don't laugh very much around the house. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, it, remarkable. It, it is very much similar to a build chucko. Have you? And the Morse bird? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Have a listen. Amazing. Uh, Kim from Gola, can you, um, can you out bird or out animal Rebecca Morse? Uh, I can give it a crack. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Go again, mate. That's really good. It's not bad. It's a great bleach. Yeah, that, that's a really, really nice dog. <laughs> well done, Kimbo. Hey, well done, mate. That's terrific. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Tracy, on you, mate. Tracy Jones is from Pennington. Uh, give us your animal noise, Trace. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, there's some endurance in that too. Go again, Trace. Great. I, I need to see a video of you doing that. That's a kookaburra, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, David Attenborough. Well, well. Or Captain Obvious, as we like to call him. Right. That is a kookaburra. Uh, right here, here you go, Vic. Uh, Danielle in Para Hills. Uh, what's your bird, what's your animal impersonation? Here we go. <laughs> oh, that's Beck's friend. It is a bird. Go, can it. you do it again, Danielle? <laughs> and Beck? <laughs> And Danielle, Danielle, go again. Go on, Danielle. And Beck. Well, the big question there is who got the chip? SAFM's Beck and Soda. Six to nine weekdays. SAFM.